Hello, hello, everybody. I really think you're going to love this episode with Brianna Deerdick. She is just an absolute gem to be around, and I love watching her step into her power and her greatness because golly, she's a sharp businesswoman. So you might not know her yet. You definitely will after this. Make sure you follow her on Instagram. Make sure you tag her. Let her know how much you appreciate this podcast. Can't wait to hear feedback. I would love if you would share your number one takeaway when you're posting this so we can get some feedback on what you're looking for more of. Have a great one, guys. Hello, hello, everybody. What's going on? It's Jesse Lee. You can call me hashtag boss Lee or the people's mentor. And I'm so, so blessed and excited to have none other than Brianna Deerdick here on today's episode of the people's mentor. But I have to tell you about her because I met her and I did. I mean, I know who Rob Deerdick is, but I did not put two and two together. So there was no like, oh, no, I was so impressed with her business sense. I was so impressed with how organized she is. I was so impressed with her ability to put together systems. And then the more I talked to her, I could not believe that she was also a mother. She has two young, and they were younger then, two young children. And she's managing this amazing household. And she has this beautiful life. And at the same time, she's running her own businesses because she's an absolute boss. I don't like the girl boss thing. I feel like you're just a boss, Brianna. So I'm just going to cut the girl, the lady, the mom, the whatever off of the front of it and just say, you're a boss. And I love that she is so humble. She's like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Oh, you are so ready to take on the world. You are incredible. She also has the world's best hair. Okay. Which is probably why she's this, she's like Miss Universe, but for real, you know? So I feel like I have the actual celebrity in front of me right now because I do. Uh, I, I'm very excited for you to learn today about really taking control over your own life, maybe controlling your own destiny, taking ownership over your life, and then seeing the positives in things that some people think can be the negatives. Because I know Brianna and she's had businesses close. She's had, oh, wow, what uh, situations happen? And she leads through them every single time with grace. And that causes me to admire you just so, so much. Um, she is definitely not just a pretty face, though she's probably the most beautiful person I've ever met on planet Earth. I would love to introduce all of you to Brianna Deerdick, But first, please make sure you screenshot this, put it in your Instagram, Facebook stories, and tag her so she can see how much we all appreciate her time. So with no further ado, welcome to the People's Mentor. Good afternoon, Brianna. How are you? I'm amazing now, especially after that. I feel so special. You are special. Thank you. Look, I might not have emailed you a love quote this morning, but I felt like I could at least give you a proper edification. Amazing. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. So let's chat about this. Maybe we actually start there and kind of reverse engineer the podcast from where I began. But I think a lot of people sometimes have gone through situations that are not ideal or times in their life where they're like, why is this happening to me? And I know you've been through some of those. Do you mind sharing maybe some lessons you've learned and how your perspective has shifted since you've gone through a couple of them? Yeah. So I feel like there is just a blessing in every single situation. Like, I don't just feel like I I know there is, but it's up to you to decide what filter or what lens are you going to see it through. It can be the most traumatic, awful, borderline life-ending thing, but if you see how much you grew from it or how much you've been able to change from it, or maybe you met someone through that opportunity who just allows you to see the light at the end of the tunnel, or maybe you were able to help someone and that changed their life and that allowed them to go and change someone else's life. It could act as a ripple effect. There's something in every single thing. You just have to train yourself to start seeing them. And what really helped for me was listing out every single bad thing. Like I, like from, uh, as far back as I could remember, what happened at four years old, what happened at five years old, what happened at six years old, all the way to my age now. And every single year there was something or some things that were really, really terrible. And then now that I'm older and can look back at how many amazing things have happened to my life, I can trace back all the amazing things that have happened to me 
to something that was really, really horrible. I just changed how I started looking at it. And then from being able to have that data to go back and reflect on, it's really changed how now I know whenever I'm in something awful, like, okay, you know better than this. Like, you know that you can turn this into something good. So how long is it going to take? Are you going to keep wallowing? Are you going to keep throwing yourself a pity party? Or are you going to boss up and be like, okay, you know what? I know there's something good in this and I'm just going to decide now that it's this and that's the new story that I'm telling myself and move on from there. Woman, come on. Seriously, it's three minutes in the podcast and you're already blasting flames out of your mouth. Unbelievable. I love this. This is the concept, right, of course, of life is happening for you, not to you. And that... Brianna, that is deep trauma work. And there are a lot of people who need to do that. And so I want you all, if you are planning on doing what she just said, just make sure you're in a safe place and maybe you're you're letting somebody know that you're gonna go do that deep trauma work, but that will shift your life. And I, I would argue that some of these things, maybe you mentioned four or five, six years old, I'm gonna guess a lot might have to do with parents or situations in your past that you were just way too young to uh, maybe even protect yourself from. Those kinds of things, I, I we're definitely going to talk about her babies on here, okay? Because we have to. I love them. They're the cutest little babies on her. I got obsessed with them. But I have to tell you something. She is an amazing mother. Like, she is that kind of mom where you would look at her and be like, oh, are you serious? Like, the it doesn't get better than this. And I promise she has already been able to change that script, like she said, from her past and say, hey... I'm a really, really, really great mama, Dakota and Nala. Yes, Disney names. Come on now. Come on now. Y'all need to know the Deerdick story if you don't know why, okay? But a really great mama, Dakota and Nala, because of stuff from her past, or maybe she was able to say, I don't ever want to be like that. I want to be the exact opposite. And so every single one of you listening, you have those moments. And so powerful, like she said, to have the data. I've never heard anyone say that. You're so good. Write it out so you have the data to look back on so that as things are triggering you in your present or in your future, you go, whoa, 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 whoa. I know what's happening here. God, you're so good. You're so good. Unbelievable. Woo, you've already filled my cup. I am complete. Thank you. <laughs> um, I, I really love that. So maybe some things in your future or in your, in your recent past that you felt like you were out of control with. Is there an example where you, you don't have to go through, you know, crazy situations necessarily, but can you say how you work through that? Could you walk somebody through that? Because I think a lot of people can identify it and they can say, oh, this is that. But how do you flip that? How do you make that a positive and or a learning lesson? Yeah, so I think everything is a positive and a learning lesson. But for me, I mean, a few months ago, the company that I was working with closed down. So that is a pretty recent like thing. And to me, it felt like I was going through a breakup where I fell in love with this opportunity. And it was kind of this like love at first sight. And then after a couple of dates, you notice the red flags that you're like, I can fix it. I, I can fix them. Like, it's fine. I got it. I, everything. <laughs> Every woman listening is like, oh, God, I've had that relationship. Keep talking, sister. <laughs> yes. So then I was like, okay, well, maybe. But you know what? Whatever. I'm, I'm going to make the most of it. It's going to be great. It's going to be amazing because I know what I can do. And then after the end of it, when everything just kind of fell apart and it's like, you knew from the beginning that there were so many things, but you tried to overlook them or you tried to cover them up or pretend that they weren't there, that they didn't exist. And I I was hurt because I felt like all of the people who were in this opportunity with me, I felt like I was hurting them or I was letting them down. And that was the hardest part because I care so much more about people and relationships and how I make people feel and I'm just such a feelings person. And so when it felt like all of that was kind of going downhill, I felt lost because I was like, this is my fault. Like it, it went from, it's okay, I can fix it to, oh my God, like I should have done more. There was something that I could have done. I could have prevented this. I could have stopped it. And at the end of the day, like now looking back, there was nothing that I could have done to change the situation. It was totally and completely out of my control. What I did is I stayed true to myself. I stayed true to my people. Um, I never let anyone down. 
Um, because at the end of the day, our vision hasn't changed. We know exactly what we still want to do. We know exactly how we're going to do it. We don't necessarily have the exact vehicle yet, but we're building it together. And that's what I think is the most amazing part of this because you can't change everything and you can't change or control anything and everything that happens to you. You just have to be willing to pivot when things aren't going in the right direction. That doesn't mean, oh, it didn't work. I tried, but it didn't work. Anyways, I guess I'll go and do something else or I'll sit and complain and cry over something that didn't work because that's not the right thing either. Like what really matters is, okay, I still know where I'm going. I know who I'm going to go there with. And now we just get to figure out together how we get there. So there's two parts. Well, there's a lot of that I'm obsessed with. Um, The ignoring of red flags. We've all been there, done that, got the t-shirt. So thank you for giving us permission to screw up. (laughs) Uh, But those are learning lessons, right? Because then you don't do it again. You look at that and say, oh, that is a huge red flag that now I've learned that lesson. I don't have to do it. Uh, But there's so many blessings in it. So I know you identified this, but like our relationship, our friendship wouldn't have happened if you were in that, if you never joined that company. Because the reason we have the relationship we do is because I had no idea anything about you or your talents or any of these things. And you met me because it's so weird how life happens. I did not want, I met Brianna for those of you who have no idea. I met her, um, at a mastermind session. Well, I guess I, I trained first and then I did a mastermind session the next day. And I actually cut a trip from Asia two days short so I could make it. And I remember thinking, Oh gosh, like how many people are going to this? And with no exaggeration, okay, I fly to middle of nowhere, Kentucky. Brianna's there. Like 19 people are there, I think. 19 people are in attendance. And I'm like, all right, you still got to give it, you got to give it everything, Jesse Lee. You have to give it everything. Somebody in here, their life is going to change. You know how this works. Just be you. So I did my boss Lee thing. I had a great time. I was half asleep for sure. (laughs) But the next day, you know, you and I, we had that mastermind session. And if you weren't in that company, because every single person I think that was at the event was actually part of the company as well. And certainly every single person in the mastermind was, you know, like we then form a great relationship. It's been years now, I believe two years. It's like we talk all the time. We're always Instagramming back and forth. Like, Like, I just, I follow your family very closely, you know, just all these different things in our lives. And that's one huge blessing for sure. But you said something that I want to reiterate because it's so powerful. And you might not have said exactly this, but this is what my brain hurts. So I'm going to say it like this. <laughs> your vision didn't change. So your vehicle changed. And this goes to something I say all the time, which is the how is irrelevant. Right? The vision of where you're going is what really matters. And you just preached the perfect example. Sometimes your path just changes, you were saying. But you're still going the same place. You're just in a different car. You're in a different plane or in a different train, whatever it is. But you're still going there. And so I think that's super important that, like you said, people pivot and they understand. This goes back to life is happening for you, not to you. How much better is Brianna Deerdick going to be because she took that little pivot? I love that. I love that. So we were chatting a little bit before we started recording uh, and we were talking about how you're starting to see a ton of positives or you've continued to see a ton of positives in what we're dealing with right now, which for those of you who are listening in the future, it's this coronavirus thing right now. And we were talking about how much we're getting done. Um, Can you talk a little bit about uh, maybe what you're up to and how these distractions have become huge for you in regards to what you've been getting done with you and your family? Yeah, I feel like in life in general, there's just so many distractions where you're overwhelmed because you have so many different things that you have to do, so many different things that you're trying to get done, and you're just struggling because you feel like you don't have time to go out and do the things that you want to do. And literally right now, all you have is time. You have so much more time on your hands than you ever thought that you possibly could have. And there's still going to be some people who are twiddling their thumbs, complaining like the government's not doing enough and so-and-so is doing this and blah, blah, blah. Instead of this could be a really great opportunity for you to figure out what you're passionate about. There are so many people who are like, I don't know what to do with my life. I wish that I could do something. Well, if you don't know 
what you're passionate about, figuring that part out first is important because without that, you don't know where you're going. You don't know what your next step is supposed to be until you know exactly what you want in life and what you want to do and how you enjoy spending your time. So then there's also, um, you have the opportunity of going out and learning different skills. Like if all you have right now, let me backtrack. There are so many people who use their biggest excuse of, I don't have time. Now you have nothing but time. There are so many people who are like, well, I don't know how to do that. Well, now you can learn. Like everything that you want to do has already been done by someone else. Learn what they did, learn how they did it, figure out how you're going to make it your own special, unique thing. And then you can go and make magic with it. If you don't know how if you don't know the right people, literally right now, everyone is craving connection in front of a screen, waiting for something magical to happen. You could be that magical thing that happens. Slide into someone's DMs, like comment on their thing, ask for a podcast interview, like whatever it is that you are always wanting to do. Now is the opportunity to do that. Like you have to look at the magic of the opportunity right now and hopefully this information will be a little bit outdated very, very soon. I don't want to be stuck in quarantine forever, but there's always going to be a situation like this where, you know, you either lost your job and you don't know what to do, or, um, you know, life has been disrupted in some way, figure out how to make it work for you because there's some hidden blessing and opportunity in every single thing. You just have to train yourself to see it that way. And if you don't know how to do it, there are always thought leaders who are asking, you know, what do you need help with? What do you need advice on? Like, tell them what you're struggling with and then let someone kind of guide you or give you a pointer. Keep listening to podcasts, doing whatever you can to be a sponge and absorb as much information as you can. I love that. So what is your preferred learning method? I'm curious because you were saying follow somebody who's already done it or somebody super successful or somebody doing something you want to do. How do you prefer to learn? That's such a good question. Um, I prefer teaching myself through other people's um, studies. So I'm not necessarily into the hype of like, oh, this book just made me so excited and made me feel good. Like, I don't need the feel goods. I I feel good. I just want to be taught, like, you know, take this step and this step. Or I like learning from other people's experiences. So this is what I did. And this is what worked and what didn't work. And then I can go in and be like, ooh, well, you missed this. So I could do this. Or, oh, I was going to do that. But now that I know it doesn't work how can I flip it to make it work for me because it didn't work for you for this reason, but I don't have that same problem. I'm going to, you know, mix it because I, I do have this resource or just little things like that. I like tweaking other people's experiences to make the opportunity fit me and my vision and my specific gifts and talents. Oh, I love that. I love that. It's interesting. Cause I think sometimes if I'm hearing what you're saying correctly too, there's gaps and stuff is what you're saying. You're identifying those gaps is what I just heard you say. Yeah. And I think it's sometimes we don't see the opportunity when they should. So like if you're maybe hearing something and you're like, oh, that's so good. I want to go teach it on a live. Let me get more information. And maybe you Google it and you can't find anything on that little tiny nuance. That's your opportunity. That's what she said. She's identifying those little things and then filling the gaps so she can apply to That's so good. I'm glad I asked that question. <laughs> So good. Um, and I love that you said the magic, of course, is in the information. So I have a question for you. What are you most passionate about? Because you mentioned following your passions. You mentioned that's how you have the big vision. And then you were, you know, you reverse engineer. You do. What What are you passionate about? What gets you excited and fired up? I'm really passionate about helping people become the hero of their own story instead of the villain or the victim. Because for so long, I was the villain because first I was the victim and then realized like, okay, if everyone around me is just recycling these different stories of, you know, being the villain, being the victim, you know, so-and-so like these are the rules and heroes were only the people that you saw on TV or in magazines or, you know, not in real life, then 
how do you, how do you become that? And I became so obsessed with, okay, how do I, not even how, just I am going to be, and at the time it was modeling, like seven years old, eight years old, 10 years old. I remember getting like a floor length mirror from Walmart and putting it up in my room and I would practice poses all day, every day. And when I finally got to a point where I stopped growing and everyone told me, well, you're too short, you're not pretty enough, you're not this, you're not that. I was like, no, but you don't understand. Like, I'm meant for this. Like, I, I don't care what you think. I'm going to go and do it. And, and then I did and realized, okay, well, actually, this isn't what I want to do. I, I crave connections and I want to help people. And um, network marketing allowed me to figure out how to work on myself and help other people and, and all of that. So my biggest thing is helping women specifically become the hero instead of the villain or the victim. That's so strong. Well, everyone's going to love this podcast. I know you are, so make sure you screenshot and put it everywhere. Share with friends. Uh, I would say the, the list, 80% females on here or something, but uh, so, so you're definitely speaking directly to us. Uh, quick question. So you pivoted from modeling and then you started doing the, uh, the, oh my, the pageants. You became this super successful pageant girl. And I think a lot of that is probably driven through your passions for philanthropy and women empowerment and things of this nature. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Like how did that, I don't think people maybe even ask you this that often, but I'm curious, how did you go from that to pageants to network more? Like how did this all happen? Like what is the progression of that? Okay, the most amazing part is they are all intertwined, like pageants and modeling and network marketing and marriage, like all of those things together, like, uh, it's so magical. So, um, I... She's getting so excited. You guys can't see her, but she's literally like, crawling out of her seat. She can't wait to answer the question. She's, she's like hands on hips, like dancing around. She's flipping adorable. I love it. Tell me, tell me, Brianna, tell me. So I used to get things in the mail all the time for um, local pageants, but my mom's from Ohio and out there in like the Midwest and the South and all that pageants are huge. And my mom was like, you're never going to do a pageant. Stop asking those girls think that they're everything. Blah, 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 blah. My mom only saw the stereotypes and pageant girls because everyone who did pageants that she knew fit that mold. So then I was like, but I'm not even like that. But there was no getting through to my mom. So then um, the summer before I started high school, I got a thing in the mail for a pageant that focused more on inner beauty than outer beauty. And when I was 10, I was diagnosed with a blood disease called spiriposic anemia. And my doctors told me that I probably only had a few days to live. And without a bone marrow transplant, there's no way I would live. Then the Make-A-Wish Foundation came in and granted my wish of going to Hawaii with some of the dolphins, and that changed everything for me. That made me want so much more out of life. Like, I told myself, this: is, I want more life experiences. I want this kind of magic forever. Um, I, I got better. I didn't need the transplant that my doctor said that I needed anymore. Like, things just started um getting so much better. And I really believe that it's because the Make-A-Wish Foundation gave me the hope and strength that I needed to not only keep fighting my battle, but to win. And so after that, I fell in love with everything Make-A-Wish and started working more closely with them. And since I was already doing a lot of, you know, charity things with them at such a young age, I told my parents like, okay, like this is something that I can do. They only care about the inside of you. And so, um, my mom was like, okay, well, it's too expensive. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll raise all the money by myself. You don't have to spend anything. So I went door to door to all of the local businesses in my hometown. I had this like cute pink skirt and this like brown cropped cardigan and a white tank top. And I had, uh, I put on my like participation crown and banner and went around to all the businesses trying to get sponsors. And I eventually ended up raising all the money Local businesses weren't as supportive as like my friends and family, <laughs> but I ended up raising all the money. And so as I 
you know, I, I didn't win my first pageant, didn't win my second pageant. I won my third pageant and then I realized, oh, this is my thing. But with pageants, I, um, I, the pageants that I started doing, you got photo, you got free photo shoots for winning. So then that's actually how I built my modeling career was starting off with free photo shoots that I got for competing in pageants. And I couldn't afford to keep doing pageants because my, at the time, my sponsors were my friends and family and they're like, girl, this is too much. Um, so then the pageant that I was doing, if you recruited other girls to enter the pageant, you got to compete for free. And I, <laughs> um, I got so good at recruiting because I wouldn't just get people to compete. I would give them my clothes. I would coach them for free. I would teach them how to walk. I would teach them how to pose and everything. And my girls were really good. My girls like, pretty much always won. <laughs> um, so then it, it became this thing of creating a sisterhood. Like I, I fell in love with it at a young age and that's kind of how things started falling into place. So from pageants, I was introduced to recruiting to help get you from where you are to where you really want to be. And then that also allowed me to get into modeling. So then um, after I wasn't allowed to compete in pageants anymore um, and I didn't want to model, I found network marketing. And then after network marketing, I found my husband. And so they all just kind of pieced together. Like even, yeah, even little pieces of that piece together, like just getting started and being told, no, we don't have money for that. Like the people who use a money excuse and you're like, nope, I'm going to find out a way. Or like, oh no, that we still don't have money. Okay, I'm going to recruit people. Or saying, no, like this is my passion. I just want to do it. And I love that you added value for free. And then everybody won. That's, is network marketing. Are you kidding me? Like the teams that win are the teams who have the extra training. The teams that win are the teams that go to events. The teams that win are the teams who are taught how to sell, recruit, use scripts, etc. Podcasts, whatever. So cool. Um, okay, well, you led into it. Now I just, we have to know. Okay, I, I mean, I don't, I'm just kidding. I know the whole thing. <laughs> but listen, I want to know the love story. Tell me, tell me, tell me so much. We need to know. I want to know about the proposal, which, oh, I just have no idea how it happened. Please tell me. I want to know everything. <laughs> we have to know this love story. It's so good. Uh, is so much better at telling the story than I am because he just is so perfect at adding in the little like you know touches of magic um but so I became a playmate in September 2013 and uh he saw my article that said that I wanted to swim with uh, sharks and pet a tiger and then he was like well uh, I've been attacked by both on purpose, so I could be a good life coach. And I was like, what? I need a life coach. Yeah, sign me up for that. And didn't know at the time, because I grew up in a really small town in the middle of nowhere. Like, no one, no one liked me. Everyone, like, made it their mission to hate me. And so no guys ever talked to me. Girls just the whole thing. So then I was like, this guy wants to be my friend? What? That's so crazy. Um, and then little did I know, um, first date, he uh, he knew that he wanted to marry me. And then on like the second time we hung out, he said something about marriage and kids. And I was like, no, 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 no. If, if you want to get married and if you want kids, like you're wasting your time with me because I don't want any of those things. Like I... Um, didn't come from a very good family and um, I got dragged through my parents really nasty divorce and so I just felt like if you have kids like you're just setting yourself up to like ruin them like you're ruining people's lives by having kids like that was just the really negative filter that I had on that that was the story that I told myself and then I realized after just spending, like, Rob is like, all right, you know, if, if you don't want to get married and have kids, that's fine, whatever. Like, we don't have to. And then never brought it up again. But just in the way that he treated me and just the way that he 
was with me, just the person that I saw him being, not only with me, but just other people. Like I fell in love with him and his heart and everything about him. So then I was like, okay, no, I want this forever. Like I, I really want this forever. And so then, um, I was like, so when we have kids, let's have seven. And he's like, how do you go from zero kids to seven? Why don't we have three like normal people? And I was like, sir, there's nothing normal about you. You can't try and play the normal card now. And then we negotiated on five. So we have two kids now. We're taking a break. We want five eventually. Um, But our first date was... um, I was posting on social media about an animal shelter in Bakersfield that was going out of business and they were trying to find homes for the pets or there were rumors that they were going to be euthanized. So I was like, no, we can't do this. Um, so I was drawing a lot of awareness to it and he thought he was being funny and was like, oh, I was thinking maybe take a helicopter and go save some puppies. But it was all through text. And I didn't know him well enough to know that he was just kidding. So then I was like, okay, perfect. And then <laughs> his joke turned into, oh my God, I have to get a helicopter. <laughs> and then uh, he did. He picked me up. And he's always had this really weird thing about how he was going to marry someone he had some kind of connection to Hawaii. And, but before he came to pick me up, I, I posted something on Twitter about like Dayton, Ohio. And he was like, what, like, why Dayton? Like, that's a small town in Ohio that I'm from. Why are you even talking about it? And I was like, well, my mom and brother and like my whole family lives there. So then he was like, this is destiny. This is meant to be like, that's crazy. Um, and so he had it in his mind already, like, she's the one before he even picked me up. So he kept telling himself, um, okay, don't even ask her about Hawaii, like, whatever. And then as soon as I got in the car, he's like, so do you have any connection to Hawaii? And I was like, I mean, my sister and my grandparents live there, but what I and I don't know. And then later that day when we started talking more, I told him about Make-A-Wish. And then and there, he was like, I am marrying her. Like, I'm marrying this girl. Um, so there's just, there's so many, like, destiny things that kind of led to where we're at and how special our marriage is. And we both make we put in a lot of effort to protect it and not because there are outside things influencing our marriage. Like our marriage is so strong and protected that none of like nothing outside of us could ever um, affect us. But we want to make sure that always, 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 no matter what we're growing together, because I think there are so many times when people get married at Uh, any stage of life and then realize that they're passionate about something else or they'll just start trailing off into something that wasn't aligned with what they first thought that they wanted years ago when they met. And then now all of a sudden you're just starting to drift apart. And so that's why we make such a big focus on our marriage because we, we absolutely love our kids. We love them so much. We want to give them the world and we have to try and we have to figure out how to not always give them the world. We need to make sure that they <laughs> get the world for themselves. But um, we're we're so focused on taking care of our marriage and relationship because our kids are only going to spend two decades under our roof, if that. Then they're going to go off and do their own thing. And then when we're empty nesters, we still have to make sure that we are in love with each other, that we still get along, that we still have a happy, healthy, balanced life together. And it it takes a lot of effort because we're both so ambitious and we both are going towards different things we have to make sure that we can go towards our different things but still together i love this and um the last episode of the podcast you guys can hear their morning routine which is just so mushy and perfect and i love it uh but can you give some examples of growing together because i know for a fact there are people listening to this and maybe this is a good time to grab your partner who maybe is not currently the most supportive and like or like accidentally start listening near them in the kitchen or whatever um what are some ways you and rob grow together because like you said you're both extremely ambitious i think for a lot of people they might say oh my gosh like 
you know, the last podcast, Rob's talking about becoming a billionaire in 10 years. Like, this is a very, very powerful couple we're talking about right now. Um, that always growing together thing. Can you talk about that? And can you also talk specifically, because, guys, yes, Rob Deerdick's very successful. Brianna Deerdick is very successful. I want to make sure we drive that point home. Can you talk about some things that he has supported you in that you have been the, you've been the catalyst for where you've grown together? I think that's so important we share that. Yeah, so I I have a company called Iconic Beauty um, and that company has gone through so many different um, changes and business routes and, and all of that. And I'm really excited to uh, launch the new version of her later this year. But in, in actually in every single thing that I've ever wanted to do, he's been my biggest cheerleader. And like, we don't, always see like eye to eye on like uh communication sometimes like I'm so sensitive like I am an INFJ and I'm a blue and I'm a cancer and I'm literally crying right now for no reason and it happens all the time I don't need a reason to cry okay I just cry and because your man loves you and you know how special that is I don't think that's straight I cry all the time too okay i I'm a Scorpio, but I feel like we're both water signs. And so I'm just going to have to cry all the time. But I, no, I don't think that's weird. I think that's so, like, I just think that shows how much you both love each other and are just deep at your core with how much compassion you have for each other. So cry away, my little INFJ. <laughs> um, but Rob is not a feeler at all. He's all head. He's all gut. He's all just go, 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 do, do, do. And in the beginning, like, I would be afraid to tell him my big wild dreams because I was like, the things that I dream of are not realistic. Like in, in reality, if I handed you my business plan, you would be like, well, no. And, um, but that has never changed. Like the vision that I have today is still the same vision that I had five, six years ago when I started the businesses that I have. And they're all tied around how people feel. And Rob is focused on numbers and systems and, you know, all these things. And, you know, he likes material things and, and I don't mind them, but sometimes they do still make me really uncomfortable. So I have to draw back from that sometimes and just, um, like figure out, okay, well, if I know that like more material things are what you're after and I'm after feelings. And so I need you to understand, like, this is how I would like you to communicate with me. And how would you like me to communicate with you? And it took like a lot of personality tests. Like, um, there's a book called his needs, her needs, and it was recommended to us um, by one of his good friends when we were engaged. And then I finally read it on our honeymoon and it really changed everything for me because he would always tell me like, Oh, you're so perfect. And da, 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 da. but I didn't want those to like be empty words. I wanted to know like, okay, well, why, why do you love me so much? Like, why do you think I'm so amazing? Like I want to do more of that and whatever it is that you don't like, I want to make sure that I'm consciously not doing those things. So it, it turned into a lot of just understanding each other individually and then figuring out, okay, how do we make a life together that um, we, we always know is our shared vision. Like I want to know your vision and your hopes and your dreams and your goals. And I want you to know mine too. And I want to know what ours is together, but how do we make sure that all three of those are protected always? I love that. Thanks for the book recommendation in case you guys missed it. It's called His Needs, Her Needs. It was a book recommendation and she said it changed everything. I love that. And just that, hey, this is how I'd like you to communicate to me. I think sometimes, God, I don't know where I heard this from, but you think you're on the same page as somebody and you think, oh, this is the love of my life. Like, oh, they understand me. Like, it's still human dynamics. It's still a relationship. And so uh, I communicate, but then I, we over communicate and then we over communicate again. And then we communicate like you communicate to the point where it's like, I think the birds that land on the deck sometimes know what's going on in our relationship. The dogs definitely know what's happening because 
even those little nuances and then having courageous conversations where it's like you said, hey, you know, I need people to feel a certain way. You know, you you are the numbers guy. You want to achieve and we both want to achieve, but I won't feel fulfilled until other people or, you know, the certain feeling. I just think that's, I think that's beautiful and I think that's extremely powerful. Um, with the growing together thing though, I would love to know, like, what are some things that he was kind of like, babe, I don't know about this. And you were just like, trust me. <laughs> everything, <laughs> literally <laughs> everything. He's always like, in the beginning, he would be like, that doesn't even make sense. Like, there's no way you gotta, you gotta look at it this way. Da -da -da -da. Or he would like give me an idea and be like, this is how you need to do it. So then I would figure out how to do it. And he would like, no, that was bad advice. You shouldn't have listened to that. So then I'm like, I need you to just, how about I'm going to do my thing and I just want you to be supportive of it because it also got to a point to where he was like, oh my God, she's going to do it anyway. Like I, I have no say. So either I could just support her and offer back up when or if she needs it. And if not, like, I'm just, I'm going to let her do her thing. But I also think having the freedom in our relationship to do that, where he goes and does his own thing. I go off and do my own thing. And we are always communicating what we're doing and how, you know, celebrating our wins and, oh my gosh, this is really challenging. Being able to have that open line of communication has really helped us grow together so much. And so I think it's just really, really powerful um, because he's always like, I, in the beginning, he'd be like, that's not going to work. And I would have to tell him, like, you cannot dream crush me. So I'm I'm going to do it. And I just, I need a cheerleader. I don't need, like, it also kind of turned into a talk um, a couple times of, like, I'm, I'm, I want your advice and I want your love, but I, you're not my boss. Like, I don't, I don't work for you. Like, this is just you know, let's love each other into, um, our, our goals and dreams and just, you know, and, and I think that that's a good talk to have even with home-based businesses. If your husband or boyfriend or whoever isn't supportive, I'm going to do this anyway. I'm not asking for permission. I'm asking for your love and support. So either you could love me through it or not, but I'm not going to not do it. And, you know, I think, I think even having the courage to set that tone shifts things for the person on the other end of it. Like, oh, dang. Okay. Well, I guess I don't have a choice. Like right. I do have to just support you now and let you go. Like I'm going anyway. You coming with? Um, I love that you cannot dream crush me. I think some people just need to you know, dreams sometimes are crazy and audacious and scary and unrealistic, like you said. But uh, like you said, you just needed that cheerleader, which I, I think is so, so important. Um, I love watching when, like, I don't think he's into balloons as much as we're into balloons. And he still came to Dallas for the big balloon convention. <laughs> he's let, you know, balloons overtake your home God knows how many times. Like, he, I think he kind of just figured out, like, she's going to fill the house with balloons no matter what let me just kind of let her do her thing and <laughs> she's nodding like crazy I know you can't see her but her head's about to pop off um I I want I love this so I love that you are both so driven and there's this there's this thing on the internet these days that drives me crazy because I feel like there's a lot of you know moms or just women in general where it's like they're almost scared to take to be honest about what it's taking them to be successful and uh, almost permission, I guess it is, to delegate things they don't need. And so in, in my podcast with Rob, you know, we were chatting and I love that he mentions, you know, meeting with the assistants. I love that he mentions things in your household that make it so that you and him can stick to a schedule where it is you two prioritize, number one. Kids prioritize number two. Rest of the world is number three. Always. And so I think, it, I think it's even more 
powerful coming from the woman in the relationship because there's these women out there who then women have shame around it where they're like oh gosh I could never possibly have a nanny or an assistant or a uh my food ordered in or oh god no I couldn't have a maid all of these different things and I think it's so important we as powerful women talk about okay let's talk about the things that should be outsourced. Let's talk about the things you need to have your hand on in your life. Do you mind talking about that? I should have asked maybe first, like, is this cool? Because I know it's like a little bit of like a, I feel like it's a thing on the internet right now. People are not honest about it. And they think like it makes other women and moms in particular feel inferior because they are, oh, I can't run. I'm failing at my multi-million dollar business work. My multi-million dollar business is doing great. My husband's divorcing my, me. My kids hate me. Let's talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about it. Um, I, we, we live very, very different lives than either one of us grew up living. And so, but we also have really out of this world dreams and goals. And we want an amazing family. We want an amazing marriage. We want amazing, you know, businesses. And the reality of it is you are only one person. There is only so much that you can do. So you have to figure out what are your priorities and what are you willing to sacrifice for us? Obviously our marriage is top priority. Our kids are top priority. And in order to make everything else that we want as magical as it can be, you have to make sacrifices. And for us, like, okay, that could be an ego thing. Like sacrifice your ego. And and if you're the type of person who's saying that uh, I have to do it all, then you're going to be miserable because it's going to feel so taxing. Like there are so many different things. Like if, if you can be Wonder Woman and if you can run insane businesses and if you can be an amazing mom and wife and keep the house clean at all times and if you can you know take your kids to soccer practice and dance and all that while doing like if you can do all those things at the same time like teach us your ways but I don't know of one human on earth who's doing that and you have to get to a point to where you're willing to just hold the vision and trust the process. Like for us, it is amazing life. Like we want amazing marriage, amazing kids, amazing businesses. So what do you have to do in order to make sure that you have those things and that they're protected? And if that means you're not doing your own laundry and sweeping your own floors, who cares? If that means that Um, you know, while you're working, you have a nanny to make sure that your kids are outside playing so that you don't have to sit them in front of the screen. If, if it means that you, you know, like there, there's just so many different things where I feel like there's so much pressure on women because back in the old days, women used to have to be the ones taking care of the kids and cleaning the house while guys worked. And now if you're taking on the role of working, that doesn't mean that you have to still do everything all at the same time. Figure out exactly what it is that you want, what makes you happy, what can you have someone else help you with, and you know, let it, let it go from there. I think there are so many people who don't have a problem having their, you know, the kids' grandparents watch them or whatever, but oh my gosh, like if you have a nanny, that's not okay. Like what? You're still not the one like fully watching your kid 24-7. And yeah, maybe that person's family, but your family also handed down your limiting beliefs. Like those have been passed through generation after generation, and that's going to be instilled into your kids too. What I think is great about having a nanny is I get to set the rules. Like my my parents aren't telling my kids what they used to tell me and they're not, you know, sliding them candy and cupcakes while I'm not looking. Like they're following the rules because that, that's what they're paid to do. That's what they're doing. Like my kids are being raised the way that I want them to be, that Rob and I want them to be because we have the luxury of being able to say, this, these are the rules. This is the schedule. This is what we do. And our kids are amazing and they are not loved any less because we have someone else watching them. Like when you, when your kids are in school full time, 
you have a teacher watching them for most of the day. So I don't, I don't think that there's any different. Like our kids are not loved any less. I feel more whole and complete. And I feel like it frees me up to go leave my debt in the universe the way that I feel like I'm supposed to. I love that. Thank you so much for being honest and open about that. And I would actually argue it might even be the flip side of that spectrum where you might be able to love them better because you're not being pulled in so many different directions like a stretch Armstrong where you're giving them some diluted version of mom because you're so tired and you're so frustrated and you're snapping at them because you're absolutely exhausted and drained from trying to do every single little thing that was not on your list of priorities. And so I encourage you to do what Brianna just said, which is you're only one person. So make your list of priorities and let's get crystal clear on what those things are instead of saying, oh, well, and oh, 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 oh. And I, and like you said, there's not a single person on planet earth that's doing it all. So, um, thank you for, thank you for that. I think that's so, so powerful. So I respect your time so much. I would love to ask you one more question if you're okay with that. She's nodding. She's giving me permission. Thank you. Um, I would just love to know, um, oh, and I don't think I did this. So if you are listening to the podcast and I did not say the letter of the podcast, did I not say, I don't think I did. The letter of the podcast, this podcast with Brianna Deerdick is D as in dynamite, as in diva, as in determined woman. D is the letter for Brianna Deerdick. Oh, for Deerdick. D for Deerdick. Duh. <laughs> Her podcast. I would love for you if you would please leave the people with something that just maybe you heard at some point the one, maybe one thing or just one really powerful thing. It doesn't have to be the one thing, but something that just changed your whole life and it has carried out into create the, the universe and the world that you live in now. Um, the biggest piece of advice that I've been given is to invest in yourself because that has the highest return on investment. And I have taken that so seriously. I'm addicted to personal development. I'm addicted to learning. I'm addicted to like, I don't mind, I don't mind mm -hmm. spending a thousand or a couple thousand dollars to go to an event that I know is going to change my life. Like, and and, and I've always been that way. Even when I knew that I couldn't afford to go and do something, I still, I was always super resourceful and always found a way because I believe in always making yourself better because the better you are, the better the world is going to be around you. And the better the world is around you, the better the world is going to be. And I think sometimes all it takes is a couple of different people to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to be better today than I was yesterday. And if all you do is keep pouring into yourself so that you can pour into other people and allow your the overflow of your cup to just change other people's lives, then you are doing what you are supposed to be doing. So don't stop investing in yourself. Keep bettering yourself and just do everything that you can to make sure that you are better more amazing tomorrow than you are today. Oh, Brianna, dear Nick, you are so good. I love and appreciate you so much. Thank you for your time. If you got value from this, which I know you did, please make sure you're screenshotting this, putting it in your stories and getting Brianna's message to the world because there were so, from minute three, it was just ridiculous. So thank you so much for your time. I love and I appreciate you so much. Me too. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you.